we don't have time for this. We'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where we make this podcast, the Garigal and the Gairamangal people. We pay our respects to all First Nation elders, past, present and emerging. Starting today's episode off with a retraction. Oh, a good one. Yeah, so in last week's ep, quite the loosey-goosey episode, I uh, opened up that episode Shitting on American accents yeah. and well, American pronunciation And just general Americanness. Yeah, yeah, I did. And uh, what I forget is that our editor of our potty is in fact American. She is. And the DLs may not know that, mm. actually. So that's a little bit of a behind-the-curtain information. But to take it a step further, she's also my sister-in-law. <laughs> and as we were sitting here being like, rah, 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 America, she was quietly editing and sent us the finalised episode and proceeded to say nothing about it. And then I listened to the episode back and went, well, shit. So I sent her a message and I said, hey, awesome edit on the pod, by the way. I said, also, sorry for shitting on Americans (laughs) with that awkward emoji face. And she replied saying, oh, thanks. And oh, my God, no worries. It's not like I won't be totally mortified by our child saying, no, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's far more mortifying sometimes mm. to be Australian. I mean, we have delightful tone, don't we? <laughs> don't we? Don't we? Yeah. Anyway, that's all I have to say to well, kickstart this episode. You're, I love that you just spent, you know, a minute apologizing for <laughs> that, but the entire episode was you trolling me. It's fine. I'm fine. I've gotten over it a week later. I'm good. It's fine. Don't worry about it. No apology required. Good. <laughs> Should we get into the episode? Love you, troll mate. Love you. We have a thousand things to do, but we'd rather chat to you. With emails and meetings and husbands and kids, we don't have time for this. Just what you need to basic bitches with a podcast. Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, a.k.a. Gemma Peanut on the gram, along with my co-host, Kate Reeves. Hello. How goes it? Yep, fine. <laughs> Great. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Listen, I want to bring something up and it's going to be an unpopular opinion. Oh, here we go. But I had this chat with my mate. My mate's in hospital. She just had a baby and I was visiting her and she was like, what can I get you? And I was like, shut up, sit down. I'm fine. Mm. I've come to see you and your baby. Here's a coffee, whatever. She's like, can I get you a tea? And she's like, how feral is tea? And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, like leaves in a bag in some hot water. What's wrong with the world? And I was like, agree. I'm not a big tea person. Okay, so we attacked Americans and now we're attacking the British. <laughs> and I, it's not the British. Oh, they will all be sitting there no, but going, really, do not come for our fucking tea. I, but people get about tea how they get about their pets. Mm. Like a cup of tea is... It's just one of life's great joys, but it really is leaves in a bag in some tepid water, isn't it? Is. it? Yeah. It is a weird, like, how, where did this come where from? Where did it come how from? How did it garner such traction with such popularity? Traction. <laughs> Didn't it get traction? Like, look, I'll admit, I will on occasion enjoy a, a tea. I've fallen off the tea wagon, but I go through phases. But people are, like, diehard about oh, yeah. tea. Like, it's a personality mm. and they're often Swifties. Mm. <laughs> I'd say they're often cat people. Wow, I just I feel people getting mad and mm. like leaving the podcast in droves. But tea, discuss. Well, Sim, who I work with, yes. she frequently enjoys a cup of tea, and uh, people she- do like tea. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like newsflash, people drink tea. Do you know what I reckon it is? It's ritual. Yeah, it must more be. than flavor, because she has a whole process <sighs> with her tea. Like, yes. it has to have the correct ratio of mm-hmm. tea water versus milk water, perfect, not milk water. I don't mean. Yeah. And the perfect temperature and like there's a yeah. way you like it. And I, and and she I has get a favorite that. cup. Yep. And I get all that via coffee and wine. Mm. You know what I mean? Like because I have that way with my coffee. I'm very particular. It needs to be the right temperature, the right size cup, the right kind of almond milk, the right kind of all the things. And I get that with wine too. I don't like wine from particular cups. And I want my cup and I have a favorite cup and it's like it's got to be this cold. Are you little- a thin rim gal? Yes, 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 yes. Because yes. I, if I were to be a wine drinker, I would love a thin-rimmed glass, but if Jem, I... Jem loves a thin-rimming, guys. I sure do. Don't you know it, Hubs? <laughs> she loves a rim. But when you transition it to tea, mm. there's continuity there because I also like a thin rim. Oh, for the- tea. Hot slash lukewarm water, mm. and just lukewarm. my mouth. You have such a short window to drink tea. Like, it, can we just <laughs> RIP all the cups of tea that just never got drunk? There's a lot, 
And because tea bags are what, 10 cents a tea bag? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yep. People are a bit wasteful, I reckon, sure. about tea. This might be a good time to let the DLs in on a challenge you've issued me. Mm. Guys, so I was like, we were talking about our Christmas party, which is coming up. And we were all very excited about going out and celebrating a really amazing potty year together and just seeing out the year and, yeah, just celebrating our team and each other. And, you know, we're very excited about where we're going, having these fabulous drinks. I've pre-ordered the bottle of champagne to be ready at the table and all this fun stuff. And Jem was like, wow, cool, can't wait to enjoy that. And I was like, all right, shut up. It's not just about you, Chum. <laughs> Um, and then producer Kate was like, Jem, do you ever get FOMO? Jem gets asked this all the time, like, cause she doesn't drink by choice. Doesn't like the flavor, not into it. Like just not a drinker. Never was kind of missed the boat. Miss and the boat. Well, you kind of missed the boat. I didn't miss the boat. I self-elected to depart the boat. Oh, I'm so sorry. Nothing happens by accident. No. You chose it. I did. But you missed the like boat of like it becoming part of your palate yes. and then like appreciating wine, things like that. Mm-hmm. You missed that moment of life. And now it's like, well, why would you start? Anyway. Anyway, producer Kate was like, Jem, do you ever have FOMO? Like, do you just want to be on that vibe tone? Like you need something for a lift or whatever. And Jem's like, no. And I was like, question, if I like made you a beautiful, delicious drink that we couldn't taste the alcohol, but then you got drunk, <laughs> would that be wrong? Like, would you, would that be like, oh, you didn't give me consent and I drugged you or would you find that fun? And Jem said, Revzy, I issue you with a challenge mm-hmm. to make me a drink that I don't taste the alcohol in, that mm-hmm. I want to drink. And if I get drunk, cool, yep. fine. Oh, you can riddle it with booze, babe. <laughs> as long as I can't taste it, then I'll drink it. You can spike the hell out yep. of it. You can Roofy, my Christmas mm-hmm. cocktail. Okay, so I'm kind of like challenge accepted. I know? look forward to tasting it. She feels like she's a homing device for alcohol and that I, you won't be able to drink it. The amount of people who have handed me their drinks and gone, oh my God, can barely taste the booze. Literally can't even taste it. And then I have one sip and I'm like, what? <laughs> challenge accepted. Mm. Bring it on. A friend of mine recently, they were at the pub all together, like family hang, and her son wanted a lemon squash. And it was this particular kind of like boutique brewery. And uh, her husband got a lemon squash for her two-year-old son and he smashed it. And then he went back to get another one. And he's like, oh, wait, it's coming out of a keg. Like it's on tap. And then like it twigged and he's like, that doesn't have alcohol in it, does it? And they're like, yeah. And his two-year-old had like smashed a schooner of alcoholic. Anyway, he was fine. They called the hospital. It's all fine. There's nothing you can do at that point. He was fine. But yeah, he accidentally gave his um, two-year-old a full alcoholic drink. I'm impressed that the two-year-old downed it. Well, the two-year-old wasn't like, now hang on a second. This has alcohol in it. Two-year-old Jem would have. Really? Yep. Two-year-old Jem would have been like, what are you putting in my mouth that is disgusting? I don't know. I reckon that might be my in is like a squash vibe. (laughs) Well, let's give it. I'm open. Like if it's fine. This feels problematic. This feels like I'm doing something without your consent, but you're giving me your full and frank consent to to try this. Full consent, then. Okay. Let's just call it a prank. Yeah, but just alcohol. Okay. Oh my God. What else am I going to do? I don't know. Spike your drink with Molly? I don't know, but (laughs) Merry Christmas. (laughs) Jem needs to go to the ED. (sighs) She's climbing the roof. (laughs) Bit of a gear shift. Okay. Do you know what I don't have time for? What don't you have time for? The way I did school. Oh, okay. Mm. All right. I know it sounds probably bigger than it is, but for context, Mm. in case you didn't know, everyone knows, Rafa's starting school next year. I'm going to be a school (laughs) mum. And long story short, I went to her second orientation and they talked us through the fact that New South Wales has completely changed their teaching approach to maths and English. And this is the biggest change that they've made in 30 years. And it's significant for us because our kids are going into the year where it's fully implemented, blah, 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 blah. That's not the interesting part. What I found fascinating, I was sitting there in this orientation and I was thinking, oh my God, they are gamifying everything. Mm. Like the level of care in education for our kids is so detailed now where the math teacher, you know, she got up and said, we are now tailoring the way we teach maths to your child's brain because everyone learns numbers in different ways. And so we identify how your child learns best and then we teach it to a method that works for them. And it it blew my mind. I was like, this is so impressive. 
And as I'm sitting there into the meeting and they're continuing talking about other stuff, I started to drift away. Drift away. (laughs) Yes, I did. My mind wandered. And it wandered back to my school years. Mm. Now, you had a very unique school experience. Mm -hmm. Do you want to maybe start with a bit for context? For context. Yeah. Yeah. So I was born in Thailand. I went to a Thai school. And the reason why I went to a Thai school was because at that time in 1990, the law in Thailand stated that if you are a Thai citizen and your husband is of Thai nationality, your children have to go to Thai school. So if the patriarch in the family is Thai, Mm -hmm. the children must go to Thai school. Now, if the patriarch was a Westerner, you had an option. Even if the mother was Thai, Mm -hmm. the option was they could go to an international school. But if your father was Thai, off to Thai school you go. Yep. How did your mum feel about that? Do you know? Well, ask her. I, I think she was fine with it yep. until I got into the Thai school system okay. at that time. And I do want to preface this chat by saying I'm sure Thai schooling system has changed significantly. Yep. We're talking from, about 1990. We are talking about 1990. And DLs, I went to a Thai school whereby from the minute I started school, we had exams. And I don't mean like gamified exams where it's fun and casual. No, like pen to paper, sit down at a desk, get asked questions and answer them. And then once you did your exam, you were ranked. And I was in a big school. There were a lot of kids, like easily over 100 in my year. And it would be public, wow. like on the notice board, your name and your rank. Wow. Do you remember what Academic yours was? ranking. I... Don't remember what it was in kindergarten, but there was one year where I came fifth and it was like a huge deal. Yes. And then I dropped back to like 28th and then I think I just got worse and worse after a time. But I guess I'm just thinking about Raf starting school and becoming a school mum and I'm walking around the grounds of her school and it's so nurturing. And I think back to my school and honestly, it was like a school run by Trunchbull in Matilda. That was the vibe. Our classrooms were rows and rows of desks and chairs from kindy. Mm. No like collective communal workspaces, you know, arts and crafts table here and a bit of a maths gamified maths table over here or whatever. It was, this is your desk and you sit at it. And we even had a couple of years where we had too many students and we didn't fit in a classroom. So their tables were on the wall outside of the classroom, oh my God. but they had to look through the window. Oh, wow. And it was just bad luck if you got one of those desks. So imagine sitting outside the classroom, peering in. Like, I'm not even joking. This is legit. This is real. And we used to get smacked. That's outrageous. It is outrageous. Like, when I think about it now. Like corporal punishment. Yes. Like, in what way? I can think of so many times that I got hit with a ruler, a metal ruler. Where? On my hand. And you had to stand up in front of the class (gasps) and the teacher would say, bam, which means give me your hand. And I would lay it out. And she would like smack it. And depending on how naughty you were, depending on how many smacks that you so got. So you were publicly humiliated yep. as well in as front assaulted. Of the <laughs> yep. I have a very, like a core memory of being in English lessons at Thai school. And obviously I grew up with an English mum. Mm. And the combination of a Western mum and a Thai dad mm, it's quite was unique, unique yeah. in Thailand. It mm. was much more common the other way around. Mm-hmm. So I was the only kid, me and my brother were the only kids that I knew of in this school who were mixed race. So we were in school full of full-blooded Thai kids. And when we learned English, I grew up bilingual. Mm. So I was speaking English fluently at Mm. home from, I don't know, the age of three, like when you can start to talk. And I think I was in year one or year two. We had an English teacher who was full Thai. She spoke what we affectionately called Tinglish, which is Thai English, which is English with a Thai accent. And she made me stand up in front of the class to read four sentences. I can picture the images that accompany these words in the book. That's how vivid my memory is Mm. of this moment. And I stood up in front of the class, like if you just imagine six-year-old Jem, and she said, read these sentences aloud. And they were... This is a blue van. This is a big root. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, not a <laughs> no, no, not, <laughs> not funny. 
<laughs> this is a big root, okay? It, and it was a picture of a tree uh, root. Yeah, okay. Because how, I assume so. <laughs> because, because how often are we saying that sentence, right? Oh, that's a big root. Yeah. <laughs> I, got oh, a laugh, I got a laugh about shit. this. Shit, shit. Was- yep, good to hear. Mm. This is a blue van. This is a blue van. This is a big r- tree root. <laughs> yep. And the sun is yellow. Okay. And I read it like that. Yep. This is a blue van. This is a big root. The sun is yellow. And she marched me to the front of the class and I got three smacks on the hand for being a smart ass because how she wanted me to read it was this is a blue van. Wow. This is a big root. The sun is yellow. Oh, my God. I remember the whole class saying it back to me with that intonation and me being like, all right. Sorry, it's just that's how my mum and I speak at home. Oh my god! Mm. And then I had to learn Tinglish. Like I had to oh, learn. So you had to mask basically yep. as a yep. Thai person. Yeah. To survive school and pronounce van as wan in oh Thai my school. God. Yeah. No wonder you're a perfectionist. Do you reckon? Well, that is a vital developmental period of your life, right? Mm. Like they say, up until seven is like where you learn all your core beliefs Mm -hmm. about yourself and about Mm -hmm. the world. And that, well, what is that teaching you? That you have to be a certain way Mm. to be right. And that there is a right way and a wrong way and there's no gray area and you can't bring any of yourself or your personhood to that. You get it right and love is, not love, but like acceptance is conditional Mm. on doing it the right way. So that makes a lot of sense to me that you are burdened as an adult with intense perfectionism. I guess so. Like, it's funny. Like, I feel like I'm unpicking things Mm. about myself through reflecting on this. But yeah, it was a time. And do you know what's weird is... I wasn't an unhappy six-year-old. I had an amazing yeah, childhood. Of course. of course you did, yeah. A loving home and all those things. Yes, I had yes. a loving home, but I didn't know any different. Yeah. Like I just thought, oh, this is what happens at school. Mm. Like I remember when I was five, so I was in kindergarten at Thai school and you still did nap time. So they had a year where they allowed crossover of nap time. I'll never forget this. We had to lay on these paper-thin mats. May as well have not used them. Mm. And we had to roll out our own and we had to lie and we had to nap. Mm. Then they had year six kids with, they're called in Thai, it's called Mai Mayom. And it's from a particular fruit tree, but they're these like sticks. And once you take all the Mayom fruit off it, it's like, it's almost like a little, it's like a whip. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And they, the year six kids would march up and down the napping room and if you didn't have your eyes closed and you weren't lying still you got a little whack on the calf with the mayom stick oh my god yeah and I hated napping because I think I was a bit like Raph yeah of course you know I was like I want to get up I know I'm imagining Rafa in this scenario and you just can't even imagine no I cannot imagine it and then I think of five-year-old Jem but this is like it is wild to me sorry I've got so many stories but another one just came to mind where I was seven and I tripped and fell at the school and I fell on a drain and the drain went straight through my knee and I needed six stitches in my knee. And the moment that I fell, can you imagine this with Isla or Teddy? The minute I fell and hit my knee and I cut it full open, heaps of blood spurting out of my knee, bawled my eyes and the teacher says to me, Somnam na, which means serves you right because I was running in the playground. Oh my God, Jim. Yeah. And I remember that day vividly as well because my mum had to come and collect me. She had to come to the medical room because I was getting stitches and I was really upset about it. And anyway, I've spoken to my mum since and I was like, how did you put up with this? And she said with great difficulty. She said I was the mum that was always marching into the school, pushing my agenda about how terrible this is and how cruel this is. And as soon as the laws changed, okay. She took me out of there because my cousin left first. Okay. So my cousin moved. So the law changed that if that doesn't matter your parentage, you could choose to go to international school. Yes, and Thai citizens could go to international school. They didn't have to go to Thai school. Oh my God. So this is a reminder, right? That like as you say, you were a happy kid. Like you Mm. went home, you didn't know any different, you didn't know how to advocate for yourself. Like it's funny, I think we sometimes expect our kids to tell us when they're not coping. And it's like just a reminder, isn't it, that it's like completely our job. Mm. I'm not. This is not about your mum, your no. dad or anything. I'm just saying like for myself, like what I'm trying to learn from this is like, yeah, my Teddy, who's mm. that age that you were then, 
he probably can't say to me like, mum, I'm, I'm not handling X, Y, Z. Mm. You know, it's like you've really got to be on high alert for that stuff, don't mm. you? Because kids, yeah, kids will just go, well, this is normal. Mm. And then that's where all their, I guess, coping mechanisms and lifelong <laughs> core beliefs begin to grow. Yeah. There is so much in the, but I don't know any different yeah. part of growing up mm. because you don't know it's wrong mm. or disrespectful no. or what you have no idea. No. And you I'm just, sure you have a little feeling in your body, but like, you know, the authority would tell you to put that oh, away. I hated getting in trouble at high school, Yeah, but I was different as well. So mm. that was all also really hard. My mom tells this story about my brother coming home from school because homework was huge. Wow. Like so much homework. I always remember like my brother poring over books, doing maths and equations, like all and this is primary school. And my brother was doing his homework and my mum sort of waltzed in and was like, oh, what are you doing? He's like, I'm doing my homework. And there was a multiple choice question that said, um, who is the master of the house? <laughs> I know. So wow. archaic. So archaic. And the answer was A, father, B, mother, C, brother, D, sister. And um, my mum was like, well, you're definitely going to circle mother and father. And my brother was like, mum. And she's like, no, the master of the house is not the father. And my mum was a full-time working parent yeah. along with my dad. And, and this is 1990. It's not 1955. Well, that would have been like 19 – I reckon that was more like 1994, maybe 93. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this is the 90s. And my brother turned to my mum and said, mum, I get it, but like I'll get in trouble if I don't circle wow. father. And mum was like, oh, all right, well, I guess that's another thing I'll be talking to the school about, you know, like <laughs> – but that was a question in the schooling wow. system. Yeah, wow. I mean, mm. what a reminder of the cultural privilege we have here in Australia to be in such a, you know, it doesn't always feel it, but in such a progressive. Yeah. And what a time for our kids to be educated when there's so much access to all the information all over the I know that our education system draws heavily from the Scandinavian yeah. learnings, which we benefit from greatly. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, we're so lucky. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's fine. Like, it's one of those things where like, you know, they say old wounds and old trauma. Yeah. I'm not saying that was traumatic. Well, it probably was. But, it, but it, it all comes home to roost when you have now. kids of your own yes. because you can't imagine. It's like people who have problematic parents, yeah. they then have kids and go, oh, my God, I can't believe my parents yeah. treated me like that yeah. when I was that age. Yes. Look, I look at my child and they're so innocent and yeah. pure and how could they have done that to me? Like you're reparenting yourself now. through. Well, I just feel so grateful. Mm. I'm full of gratitude that I live in Australia and I don't want to shit on Thailand because I know some of my friends friends in Thailand listen to the potty but they're my friends from international school yeah like I made that pivot and that move when I was eight years old I went into year three at international school and even that was a journey yeah, I bet because I was like oh my god there's no order ah! <laughs> there's no order <gasps> like I, I just remember thinking oh my god you can wear any shoes uh, you want what what do you mean and no one's and, whipping me with a fruit stick yeah and just things like in Thai school when you walked from classroom to say lunch we all had to walk in a line with our hands on the shoulders of the person in front of you right. so always in a caterpillar train uh -huh. to lunch then you sit at lunch then caterpillar train to the playground oh then caterpillar God. train back to your classroom it was always this fucking idea of order and when I moved to international school I remember we were in our classroom I was in year three and they were like all right we've got to go to assembly so we're going to the assembly hall and I was trying to walk like, behind find your place in the line yes. oh. and people were just walking like just casually walk and, and you're like putting your arms out like, <laughs> yeah. who, who, do I like hold? who do I hold <laughs> who's holding me and why is everyone walking side by side oh my god not in a line yeah so there was no like help to transition you to that you just had to fall and like figure it out I mean I adjusted quickly god, I thought a different I'd, time Rebs, I thought I went to Disneyland when I moved to international yeah. school, I was like, what is this mecca? The yeah. teachers are smiling at me. They're kind. I don't have to chant things. I don't have to sit exams. You know, we have group time on the carpet and we read books. Yeah. Like that never happened in Thai school. Yeah. In Thai school, it was like, it is the 8th of October and we are turning to this page in this book. The entire country will be learning about oh, how wow. to plant rice. Which I guess is like, uh, you know... <laughs> It has its theories, you know, mm. about being completely democratized, I guess, communist. It had that feeling about yeah. it. I mean, Thailand is not a communist country, yeah. but it was literally like, all right, well, this is 
equitable. On, yeah, on yeah. this date, we are on page 87 of the agriculture book and right. every single child in the entire country is learning about rice fields. Yeah. And if you're sick that day, well, <laughs> then you've missed that completely. Wow. Yeah. And you think about our kids have been in school readiness programs since oh, they were like 18 months old. <laughs> I just feel so lucky. Yeah. And I'm stoked for Raf, but I guess it was just a good reminder of, God, when I get my knickers in a knot. Yeah. Over the silliest stuff. Like, well, no, I, no, no, be kind to yourself. Like, mm. I think it's natural that this would come up now, obviously. And like, you're like unpicking your, it's good that you've got visibility on it that you're like, cause DL's gem has been quite consumed lately with the idea of high school. Mm. and she's been researching a lot and like a lot of people around her are talking about it and now she's become a school mum because Jem is a very ambitious and perfectionist person like I think you're like cool now I'm a school mum what are we doing for high school what's the plan <laughs> what are the five-year goals what are the 10-year goals you know like that's just you that's mm-hmm. your personality I love that about you and it's given you a lot of success in your life but it also gives you a lot of unneeded stress mm. in your life because well-laid plans and all mm. that but it makes sense now yeah. to me why you want to get this right for your kids. But the recall of those memories, it's liberating because it's reminding me like, oh, my God, our kids are going to be so fine. Yeah. Like everyone's going to be fine. Yeah. Look at the safe hands they're in. Yes. In this amazing what a privilege. public schooling system mm. that our kids get access to. Mm. Like the teachers just in that orientation, the level of care. I know. They're you know, and, and our kids are lucky because they're part of a generation now where mental health mm-hmm. and, you know, if you have a shy kid who's attending school, it's not flippant yeah. anymore in the way it's treated. It's not yeah. like, well, chuck them in. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Now it's like, okay, well, we've got a process. Yeah. Like they literally at the orientation, they spent half an hour talking about how to assist your shy or anxious child. Yeah, and amazing. here are the tips. And in that moment, I mean, I don't have a shy or anxious child, but I was like, amazing. Like how amazing mm. because those parents would be very stressed. Well, and how incredible for the not shy and anxious kids that they are taught to make space for people with a different mm. experience of the world as well. It's very cool for everybody. Everybody benefits. Yes. Yeah. I'm just full of gratitude. Wow, chummy. And I feel very lucky to live in Australia mm. and raise my babies here. Just a reminder, like we're all just products of the life we almost did not choose mm. not to get too philosophical about it but like the I've known you how long have I known you 28 years, years or something now like I've never known that about you and I feel like I know everything about mm. you and if you think about your partner or your the loved ones most close to you it's like as we move through these different phases of life it is gonna bring up mm. and unearth a lot of things we thought were insignificant yeah and patience and kindness to ourselves I think I love that Revzy thanks for holding space for me and letting me bring that I haven't thought about Uh, that in decades it wasn't until I was sitting there in that hall yeah well that is a big root yeah (laughs) (laughs) a very big root utter gear shift bring it on ready for some silliness yep I have to tell a story of a friend of mine now I cannot name them I cannot name anyone in this story because it is spicy, it is saucy, it is embarrassing and it is hilarious. I'm so here for this. It is not Crazy Lisa and I feel like I need to say that because I feel like people could go, is this Crazy Lisa? Because she is where I, my font of wonderful stories. So this is not Crazy Lisa. This is another friend of mine, a dear friend who is also a single mother like myself, who went through divorce roughly about the same time as me. So we're very close. She lives in a country in which she is not born. I'm just trying not to identify her <laughs> so she's an expat right yep um is she living in australia can no, i ask that no she doesn't not. live in australia no can we narrow it down to scotland <laughs> she's my uk mate okay okay she's from another country of origin a friend from home mm-hmm. a male friend someone she's known a long time uh is this an australian nope, friend no oh my god, god stop. you're giving nothing away <laughs> yes, we're not playing cluedo here okay, we're gonna get sorry. to the story Let's call it childhood friend. I think it's more like a college era friend. Someone from home, out of the blue, reaches out to her. Now, they have been friends many, many years. And there's always been, she would describe it as there's always been a tension. Like, you know, when you know someone is interested in you, just Mm -hmm. that little bit more than the average platonic male-female friendship. He finds her charming. Okay. (laughs) Right? And And has she nurtured that? uh, No, I think it's like, oh yeah, he's a bit in love with me. Oh well, like he's not for me. Do you know what I mean? And we've all had that dynamic in our lives. We know what that feels like when you just know. And there's a boundary there. It's never been crossed. Ever. They've never hooked up. Nothing. Anyway, she gets this email. 
She gets this email out of the blue. Now, we're not in lockdown anymore, okay? People are outliving their lives. It's very hard to sort of understand where this has come from. She doesn't get it at all, okay? Here's what the email in her inbox says from said man. Years ago, I was writing some erotic fiction. (laughs) Not where I was expecting things to go. I've been thinking about trying it again. How would you feel about being my muse? If pursued, would you read it? Hope you're having a great day. Chat soon. Sign off. Wow. So that lands in her inbox. She's like, wow, not your average Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) She sends me a screenshot and I'm like, well, obviously we need that erotic fiction. (laughs) Please GP, we do. Please enable this behaviour. Can I ask? Yes. Was there a small part of her that was like flattered? Well, I mean. Okay, so so there's a creepy layer, okay? So if this happened to me or (laughs) someone did this to you, I'd be like, ew, creepy, weird, but like. But like, let's read it. Yeah. <laughs> and what do you think about me? You know? Yeah, it's like, okay, well, that's confirmed you're obsessed with me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you want to write some erotic fiction? Okay. Anyway, so I don't know what she wrote back, but something to the effect of, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. All right. Now, don't tell me you have I samples. Have I have it. I have the writing in front I of me. I cannot. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Sorry, but this is one of my all-time favourite podcasts. Like, the first podcast that got me into podcasts was my dad wrote a porno. Yes. Like, the OG podcast. Now, and I'm, I feel like I'm living this moment. I'm going to hear words crafted for erotic fiction. I mean, I can't possibly read all this to you, but just know for context that it starts out with a very, uh, how do we say, DLs. uninspiring setup. <laughs> DLs, can I make a suggestion that you just imagine someone from your young adulthood mm. writing this about you? Yep. And imagine your hometown and there's a very dry description of what it's like. Like their temperature is this, it's a this kind of day. <laughs> We're on a boat. <laughs> I'm like, oh, they're on a boat. We're going to have a bit of a Tommy, <laughs> Tommy and Pam like boat. Nope, they get off the boat <laughs> and they come home. Okay, read it, read it. All right. The cool air walking into my home is a welcome feeling. The shades are closed to soften the afternoon sun. It's quiet and peaceful. I plop onto the couch. Don't plop. Don't plop in erotic fiction. Nothing. Don't ever plop. <laughs> Don't plop anywhere. Don't plop anything yeah. out. Okay. Yeah, I recline yeah, or anything. I lounge. Yes, yes, yes. Not plop. No. Are we re-editing <laughs> someone's work right now? Continue. And, inst- and instinctively grab the remote. Okay. Hot. But don't turn on the TV. Oh, what's happening here? Intrigue. You sit next to me, close, kind of leaning back into me. Just kind of. Just kind of. <laughs> I love it. We have been close, but not touching each other most of the day. Now, there's something in that. Mm. There's a tension. Mm-hmm. We've been close, but not touching. Okay. All right. Maybe we're building something here. It doesn't feel sexual in any way. More comfortable. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Confusing. <laughs> Nothing about today has even a hint of sexual attraction. I'm not surprised. I'm getting used to not knowing if I'm sexually attracted to you or not. So he's nagging her. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's quite okay. rude, actually. <laughs> Sometimes I truly only see you as a great friend. The conversation lulls. <laughs> Sexy. So as we hot. relax on the couch. I'm content. Nothing else I would rather be doing. Enjoying a quiet moment with you. Pseudo snuggling. What does pseudo snuggling? I don't know, mean? but I think he's trying to be literary. Like snuggling with their brains. Like <laughs> I don't get it. You move your hand to my inner thigh. Here we go. Up by the knee. Okay. Okay. So- up by the knee. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting that she leads it. You know. Oh well, well, of course she does, and it's his leg, right? It's his fantasy. We can give him that. All right. But you move your hand to someone's thigh. Uh, what are you picturing? <laughs> Center. Yeah. Pointing towards the cock. Yes? Yes. Yes? No. Up by the knee. <laughs> there you go, mate. Pat, pat. <laughs> She's just giving herself a long runway up to the groin. Then he goes inside her brain. I seriously doubt you intended to trigger something in me, but you did. <laughs> After a full day of choosing my words carefully and defending well thought out positions. Okay. Something slipped past the filter. I said it as soon as I thought it. You want to get laid? <laughs> No. No. Yes. Oh my God. Imagine making the moves on a guy and then he goes, Do you want to get laid? This like, is his fantasy gem. Like, this is his erotic fiction. It's not what would actually happen. It's not like, you know, this is what in his most erotic dreams. Okay. He would say, Want to get laid? 
Okay, but my mind is pinballing, okay? <laughs> okay, because now I'm zooming out and I'm like imagining him sending this to her. Yes. And what is he hoping? Her to go, I don't know. I'm flying back to our hometown. All I want in the whole world is to sit on your couch, not touch the remote and hear you say, want to get laid? As I touch your knee. As I touch your knee. <laughs> There's nowhere else in the world I can get this. I feel like that's his intention. I don't know. Continue. Continue. Please. I think you're giving the question serious consideration. Like every other question I asked you this day, I don't know how long you pondered the question, but it felt like a very long time. Get Mm -hmm. to the point. (laughs) Scrub. Scrub forward. (laughs) I thought about how funny it was that I posed the question as a statement. Nope, you didn't. You posed it as a question. question. (laughs) Want to get laid? It's not a rhetorical question. It's a question. Like I was selling you a used car. Or I was a motivational speaker. (laughs) Want to buy a Camry? Like, I'm confused. Want to get laid? This wasn't intentional and I was sure I would laugh about it later. This gets very confused for a while. We're not going to bother with all this. Can we get to the juicy bit? (laughs) I want to see if you can get me hot under the collar, you know? Your hand is still on my leg, but my cock is very happy about that. Cool. I like it. You're still sitting beside, like, it's just like, get to the point. That's for a while. Anyway. We lean in and kiss each other. It's just a peck. Oh, hot. It cool. feels good. Peck. It's like plop, plop, flop. It's just a peck. He likes peas. He it- likes plosives. <laughs> plop and peck. 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 Like, who do you peck? I don't even peck my children. Nah. Like, look, you peck Nana on the cheek. Yeah. You know? I put my hand on your hip. Okay. Then on your cheek as we make out. Mm. I don't know if he's made out with many people. Still having our beach clothes on, I become aware of how little there is between us. This is my favourite bit. Bikini and cover-up for you and board shorts and T-shirt for me. (laughs) Now, DLs, it's very important I give you context. This friend of mine is a fashion queen. She slays. She never leaves the house in anything other than a cute, considered, styled outfit. Never in her goddamn life has that bitch worn a cover up. Okay. Never in her goddamn life. If she's at the beach, she's in an amazing Hunza G bikini with the perfect sunnies, with the perfect shoe. And tote is coordinated. Maybe like call it a silk sarong. Like there are so many other words than cover Cover up. up. Catalog. <laughs> she bought it at the at the gift shop, and oh, it's like, all right. Me. So this is your fantasy, and what's he wearing in his fantasy gem? Board shorts and, and a t shirt. <laughs> Hot. Anyway, there's not much between them. I drop a hint <laughs> by pulling your arm to me. You take the hint and turn to me, straddling me face to face on the couch. Okay, here we go. Let's go. We stay like this, no talking, just kissing. My hands moving around your body. You're it's so literal now. So literal. And also, like, can you imagine it? It's silent and it's just like. And hands moving around my body. I'm just imagining her being really still and him just being like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, just moving them around. No talking, just kissing. Just, just kissing and. Right. Your cover up is around your waist. Where and else I'm, would it be? And I'm sure you can feel me. Just your bikini bottoms and my thin board shorts between us. I mean, I don't know many people who wear thick board <laughs> shorts. It's not a corduroy. This is like dad core and it's worse. I can feel your body through my hard cock. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's where we are. Yep. You begin ever so slightly to massage yourself against it. I want more, more touch. I lift your cover up over your head. (laughs) The cover up is still here. Get that cover up out of there. Chuck it out the window. Over your head, that's awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't slowly unbutton the cover up or loosen it and pull it down over his shoulders. No, we're getting bath time. (laughs) (laughs) She's got her arms up by her ears. Pull it up over her head. So hot for her. Stoked for her. She's loving this. Thanks, Dad. I lift your cover up over your head and lean forward for you to pull my shirt off. It's his turn now. I pull you in tight to feel your body against mine, to increase the pressure of your body on my cock. Yep, right? Very scientific. You begin to slowly rock back and forth on it. This seems to have the same effect on us both. 
I bet it's really great for her. <laughs> I'm getting fucking horny. Mm, you go, Daddy. The poetry. <laughs> I unhook your bikini top. Now. <laughs> so wait. So, so it's a bra. It's a like unhook. Yeah, not many bikinis these what? days, but sure. But also like how much hotter is the imagery of like pulling the string. string of a bikini like unhook. I mean this is the guy who pulls a cover up up over her head so you oh. know it's fine so wait I'm confused is there penetration at this point not because, yet not yet all right so she's just not yet he's only unhooking her bikini top and pulling her cover up and over her arms dry fucking because the no. bikini bottoms there's been no mention no the bottoms are still on okay and she's I guess dry humping on mm-hmm. his cock. okay mm-hmm. you're more exposed now but still covered <laughs> <laughs> okay conservative boy <laughs> She's not a slut. (laughs) My hands move from your hips to your breasts, to your hair, at my will. Our kissing becomes much more intense. And at this point, it's like, all right, get on with it. I pull at your bikini bottom, finally. I want them off you. This proves to be a challenge. (laughs) No. With you. Does it really say that? (laughs) Yep. No. This proves to be a challenge. With you straddling me, there's no graceful way to get this done. Oh, but like yoinking a cover up (laughs) over her head was graceful. So graceful. After struggling with this for a few moments and smiles from us both. (laughs) Like his fantasy is that they're laughing at how awkward this is. Like it's a rom-com. I mean, that's kind of cute. I guess it's There's more nuance and layering to that. I can get behind that. He feels protected. He feels this is a safe space for him. This eases some of the tension. (laughs) You stand up and take them off while looking at me in the broad daylight in the middle of my living room. Your confidence is so incredibly sexy. I lift off the couch and you help me with my shorts. Thanks, Mum. I mean, like you could skip a few steps, you know, like he's literally going every You pull the Velcro at my shorts. (laughs) You shimmy them down my legs and then I step my right foot out and then my left. I know. Oh, my God. Basically, blah, blah, blah. They return to their previous position and continue the previous action. Slowly grinding your body against me, my cock. I take off your bikini top and you lean back, showing yourself to me. Okay. There's something in that, I guess. Yeah, it's hot. You look incredible, lustful, something. (laughs) I think he maybe meant to come back and edit in another adjective. (laughs) It's the je ne sais quoi you have always had, but factor 10. (laughs) Wow, factor 10, je ne sais quoi. Look out. I reach down and grab my cock, changing the angle and pointing it at you. Why? Your hips lift. Is it a pistol? (laughs) And you position yourself directly over it. As you start to slide down. Now, there's been a lot of setup. We're talking two pages, right? This is how it goes from here. You are very wet and slide down on my cock in one smooth motion. I gasp. It feels like the first time I've exhaled like this since I asked you that question. I assume he means want to get laid. (laughs) I pull you tight, pulling you down. Your hips move slowly, then faster. I want to save every moment. I can feel your breathing getting erratic. I match your tempo, then add my own little thrust at the bottom. Your body clamps down and we both climax. Is that it? Already? They're done. All she had to do was be wet, slide down on his cock. He added one little thrust at the bottom (laughs) and then then both come together. Wow. Isn't he amazing? Yep. What an erotic fantasy. New York Times bestseller. (laughs) Coming right out to him. I just... And then he goes on for pages and pages. It's this. I'll give you a sample, but this is how it goes. We've lost track of time and now you have to hustle to get ready for your dinner. I'm relieved as I think about, you know, it's like, cool. That's pedestrian as hell. No Um, one cares. And then basically it's like there's a cliffhanger where it's like we make plans to meet again. I'm so confused. (laughs) So much time in the setup. Then the deed is over so quickly. Like Has I, this guy had you know, sex with many people? I was just getting into that a yeah. little bit, you know? Okay. And okay. then it was over. So the, what was the biggest moment for you? Was it when she stood up and in bare daylight showed him her vagina? Is that a genuine question? Because I don't know if I can answer that. Like what was the biggest moment for me? All I can think about is him hitting send to your <laughs> mate and sitting at home going, oh, my, oh my, God, God, she's, my God, she's got it. Oh, my God, she's reading. She's going to be oh so God, excited she's, she's about it. my little thrust at the bottom. <laughs> just 
Okay. It's not one description of going down on her or his hands on no. her, of making her can't like no. her feel excited or like how she reacts to him. It is his whole soul sexual experience from sitting on the couch and oh my god guys he didn't touch the remote <laughs> it's a bad route it's a bad it's route. a bad route this is a bad route <laughs> it is a bad route it's not a big route it's a bad route <laughs> i can't That's the title of this episode <laughs> this is a bad route <laughs> oh my god anyway she got it i mean to say we laughed for hours <laughs> back and forth okay me and all the dl's want to know what did she reply? Well, she wrote back and said, uh, thank you. I can't be any part of this. <laughs> oh, my God. I appreciate. I don't know. She basically said, like, I just simply can't be part of this. This is making me feel deeply uncomfortable. Please cease and desist. Yes. Do not send me any more of this. I was a bit disappointed because I was like, well, what happens when you come back after your dinner? Yes. <laughs> what happens in installment number two? But it's just wild to me that a man could be so wholly centred in his fantasy that that mm. is like how little he must know about the female sexual experience, that that is his fantastical moment of literary writing about this person he's longed for, let's say his whole life, and that he's going to go through the act of penning that, yeah. of, of, as you said, making it like it's got in his mind, he's like, I'll write out exactly what could be between us, right? And she'll jump on the next plane <laughs> and she'll be in my arms, thrusting and sliding down on my cock. like Undoing my board shots. I just want to get into his little brain and be like, Hey, Trevor or Nigel. I don't know what his name would be, but I just want to be like, what's going on in that head of yours, mate? Like, what were you thinking? But I'm like, imagine a woman, um, flip it. Imagine you are going to honey trap some man from your past with some erotic fiction. Like, what would it be about? First of all, it would be well-written. It would include his experience. It would be about his sexual pleasure. It would be about your sexual pleasure. It would be empowering. It would be exciting. It would be, I don't know, it's just so fucking male Mm. to be like, you're wet, a thrust, we're done. (laughs) But also, Revzy, if we were to flip it, I feel like a lot of men would be like, that's hot. You reckon? Yeah, this chick from my hometown sent me some writing. She's into me and I masturbated over it. It was hot. I feel like one the, for the wank bank. Yeah, I feel like the reception would be so different. Oh my god. DLs, I challenge you to play that excerpt of this New York Times bestseller <laughs> to, to your husband, husband or male partner and ask them if it turns them on in any way. <laughs> I'm deeply interested yeah, if this could be known as erotic in literally any context. Okay, Rebsy, I got a question for you. Yes. It's to do with porn. Yeah. Do you dabble in porn? I I have in my life. Okay. I'm not currently in okay. a season of watching porn. Quezzy. Yes. Do you like a long setup? No. A narrative? Nope. Okay, because there's two types of people, okay. right? Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. there's those who like the full narrative and then there are those who are like just imagery. Just give me compilation. Gem, I like Shakespeare, okay? I don't want to see someone like, anyone order a salami pizza? <laughs> Not to be a total snob. <laughs> okay. But, like, sure. I can't even watch bad Netflix made-for-TV movies. I, I, cr- I find them cringe. So what does this say about me? Oh, what? I love the full narrative. Oh, you need the full setup? And even if the acting's bad, I don't care. Stop it. I do. I need so context. So you need the lead-up? Yeah, I need the context. Oh, my God. I do. I laugh a bit at the acting. I'm like, lol, the way he delivered that line. Or the you way she- do you- Question for you. Do you have the captions on? <laughs> no. <laughs> DLs who don't know Gem watches all her TV with the captions on. You don't have the captions on? Don't Do you have the sound on? Always. Well, some people don't. What? Some people just watch visual without oh, no. the sound. I need the audio. You need the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's hot. It's hot. Yeah. But that's interesting to me. So you like a flick fest. You're like, yeah, just get the <laughs> flick <laughs> Everyone likes a flick south of the border. Oh, just but, get straight to it. Just okay. show me the show me the act. Really? Yeah. 
And even then, I don't know, it doesn't really work on me anymore. I'm not shocked by it. I'm like, eh. Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, that doesn't, like, a sex act does not turn me on anymore. I'm kind of you more need into the narrative. I, no, I need a connection. That's unfortunately. What do you mean? Like, I just, like, it's just not sexy for me if there's no, like, if someone's not, like, actively trying to turn me on. Mm. It's just not. But you know, you can search in YouTube for things that you like. Yeah. Like, you can be quite specific. Mm. Like, if you have a foot fetish, you could literally, <laughs> yes. you could literally type in guy sucking off girl's big toe and that will come up for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then it would turn you on, no? Yeah. I'm not very, okay. Okay. I will admit. I'm but you not, don't want to know that she's in high school and the guy is like a she's step step or no, you know? <laughs> Absolutely not. You do want those details? But maybe not that combination specifically. <laughs> I have a stepdad, so that makes me feel a bit sick. But like, you know, I, yeah, I like a bit of a like, you're like, okay, so what's the context here? Yeah. yeah. The she, context. Is she a babysitter? Is she a doctor? Like there's ones right. where it's like a okay. female doctor examining. Okay. So you're into role play. I think I am. Yeah, you're into role play. Yes. No, I'm just like what feels good. But like not let me for see me in, in real life. life. No, no, you don't ever role play. No. But you look, like dirty talk, which is like kind of like a version of I role play. Yes. Look, the closest I could get to role play is like, let's pretend we're in a massage parlor, okay. you know, like and we're giving each other a massage, you know, but that's about it. Okay. I can't be like, okay, Hubs, go put your doctor coat on. Just a reminder, this guy's idea of dirty talk was, want to get laid? <laughs> hey, look, there's horses for courses. I'm sure someone out there would read that and be like, you know what? It kind of got me going. Hot. Oh my gosh, I feel like we could start another rival podcast to my dad wrote a porno. <laughs> to my ex hometown friend <laughs> wrote, wrote an erotic porno. fiction. Hear me with your nut spun. I'm gonna hit you with my nut spun. All right, have I got a nut spun for you? What have you got, babe? Look, it's not sexy, it's not glamorous, it's not a Christmas gift, it's just a thing that's made my everyday life really nice and easy. Mm-hmm. Belvita breakfast biscuits. For the children. Look, there's a bit of plastic involved. Sorry, that's not cool, but, you know. Breakfast is, is biscuits what it is. does not sound healthy. But no, these- it does not. And, look, I'll be honest, I bought them with, like, oh, yeah, how bad could they be? They're, like, four individual breakfast biscuits that say they have protein and carbohydrate, all the, you know. Fibre. I guess it's, like, the biscuit version of an up-and-go. Mm-hmm. Now, my kids wake very early. I have them trained to get their iPads, leave mummy alone until 7.30, and then, like, busy yourself, okay, till mm-hmm. 7.30. But sometimes they're like, mommy, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And if they can't find something easy, I got to get up and I got to make the wheat bix or I got to make toast or whatever. And you don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. So anyway, I bought these breakfast biscuits. They love them. And then I was telling producer Kate, producer Kate, for context, has a nutritional degree. Who knew? I know. And she's like, oh, I did my thesis on Belvita breakfast biscuits and they're not that bad. They're not that bad. It's the confirmation in every single DL here needed to hear and off we go to buy Belvita breakfast biscuits. Where does one buy these like from? Like Coles Woolies. Like they're very easy to get Great. and they come in many flavours. My kids know where they are and uh, I haven't heard a peep from them. I even slept until eight the other day. That's a breakfast hack. I put that down to the breakfast biscuit. I love that. Yeah. Not Spawn, but very big fan. Fantastic recommendation there, Revzy. Yep. All right, your turn. Hit me with your nut spawn. I went too high, but, you know, hit me, <laughs> hit, hit me with your nut spawn. I'm hitting you with it. Mine is called Octobuddy. Octobuddy? Yeah, it's on the back of my phone. It's a sticky thing. It's like a suction-y thing on the back of my phone. I get a lot of DMs from people asking me about it and if I love it. Now, some people are like, do you just have to be a content creator to buy an Octobuddy for your phone? Mm. Basically, it suctions your phone to a lot of things. Yeah. Not everything, but a lot of things. Most things. And look... Look, I do use it for content creation. I can stick it to a window. I can stick it to tiles in the bathroom and I can shoot content. But my favorite hack for the Octobuddy is I can play podcasts in the shower. Oh, yeah. Because I just oh, suction yeah. my phone to, to my wall. shower screen, oh. whether the tiled part or the oh. glass up high. Oh, this is my erotic fiction. Yes. And I can hear loud and Updates clear. on the war in Ukraine. <laughs> Heavy. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, yeah. Anyway, Octo Buddy. Okay. It's what great. about the car? Could it work as a car mount? Well, if you have a screen, 
Uh, in your car, you know how a lot of cars now have screens. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, yeah, it will totally. But it stick. wouldn't stick to the dash. It won't. It needs stick to be to a the flat dash. surface. No, it doesn't have to be flat. Like, I could stick my phone to a wine glass and use it as a stand. Could to, you stick it to, to a water bottle in your car caddy? <laughs> potentially. Okay. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> it doesn't stick well to drywall. Okay. I will say that. Or Listen, timber. Be real though. Mm. Let the DLs hear the sound it makes when it comes off something. Because this is my life, guys. This is the soundtrack to me and Jem's life. <laughs> I that turns me on. ASMR. That oh, I love that. Oh. <laughs> Here for it. Anyway, Octobuddy, check it out. Link in the show notes. We love you, dear. We love you so much. Thanks for sticking around for this real mixed bag of feelings. Hungy P. And as always, we'll be back in your ears bright and early on Friday with a bestie hotline. Bye-bye. We love you.